Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Monday's edition of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am Joel Skett and I am joined by Craig Fowler. Hello. And Tony Anderson. Hello there. You have joined us for a Scotland special edition. I forgot about this and regretting coming on, so that's why I'm hosting. We are going to do three features, two features and look back at the game from the weekend. Yes. So we'll kick off with that. 2-1 win over Cyprus on Saturday afternoon. Did anyone bother watching it? Yes, I did. I watched it live and everything. I watched it live, yeah. I watched it live in my bed. I was dying because I was out on Friday and it didn't help me much to get over that. But yeah, I watched it. It's nice to see Ryan Christie sort of in his correct role playing in behind the striker and, and, and excelling. Did you think I thought he played from the right? Yeah, he played out wide, didn't he? Not? Yeah, yeah, it was him and... <laughs> him it was and nice Boris to see Ryan Christie playing wide. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it did. He played with inverted wingers because Forrest was Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it yeah. did look because uh, I was watching. I just watched the first half on the iPad and then rewatched the whole game uh, a day later, forgetting it was on this. Uh, the and it did look just in the first half that Christie was was central, but I think Ooh. it was just the way he was. It was because you doing the position. I started, I started watching the game about seven minutes in, so I missed any of the build up in the in the um, team lines. So I just when I was watching him, it just looked like he was playing pretty centrally. No, I think not having it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fine, 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 but fine. I think it's, it's Christie as when he played with Aberdeen and with Celtic when he's mm. fooded on the wing, he's naturally just he just drifts in yeah. and he's almost like he plays like a, a number ten that starts starts as starts wide. But he was very good in the first half. Yeah. So let's let's jump back. What did you? One thing that surprised me and you may agree with this was the positivity around the starting lineup. Um, what you were surprised that people were positive about? Yes, it? right. Okay, <laughs> but not, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm surprised that people were positive for that. But it was just the fact that for once, Scotland fans were positive about oh, right, what, right, what okay. was fielded. Sorry. Yeah, I think I don't think many people are positive about the squad in general. But um, with regards to knowing what the squad was and knowing what the limitations were, once the team came out, people kind of thought, well, at least even with all the call-ups, that team doesn't look too bad. Uh, and I think it proved that. The, the, wasn't a dreadful performance, but I mean, sorry, was it a brilliant performance? But it wasn't. It wasn't dreadful either, and it was better. <laughs> it was, it's it's, it's still, still hard to get too optimistic about this. Yeah, yeah, it was. I think it was better than the home game against Cyprus. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, that means that you've seen that's progress under Clark. We having that one. I think it is. Pro- <laughs> I think it's progress in the fact that go away to uh, a nation. The way Scotland are just now, no matter what the nation is, 
and play, not play the greatest, but still come away for a win. Yeah, I suppose that's key. And we never looked, we never looked under any immense pressure at any period of the game. No, there were a wee, wee bit deep the last ten, fifteen minutes or so, but I think that was maybe intentional. Uh, and I think they only gave up like one chance anyway. One and guy I was sorry, one guy I was a bit disappointed in was Ryan Jack. Yeah, uh, I think that just speaks to the fact that it just seems like anybody comes into the Scotland team now and just. Plays much worse than the do for yeah. the club. Yeah, he's in Scott, Scott McKenna's lost uh, the figures of his uh, price tag. Scott McKenna was rubbish. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, come, we'll come back to we'll come back to Scott McKenna because I think he deserves a special attention. But uh, Ryan Jack actually, I seen a few uh, messages in the chat saying he didn't play well. So I kind of caught. He was okay. Yeah, I caught him. I was disappointed ah, in okay, rather okay. than because um, we've seen him control games against Porto. Yeah, yeah. I was about to pronounce it Porto. <laughs> Fine, pop a wee accent over there if you want. I, I didn't I didn't think he had, he had the worst game. Uh, they, he, he didn't have the worst no. game, he was fine. He they was would, fine, McGregor was fine, but they still... And he played they, the punchy pass There was the goal going. There still, was the issue. Neither of them look like they do for Celtic Rangers in Europe, yeah. which is the disappointing thing. You can understand, yeah, not looking like they do for Celtic Rangers when they play against Hamilton yeah. or Ross County, because obviously. But when you're playing, when you've played so well, McGregor was so good home and away against Lazio, Jack was brilliant home and away against Porto, and then they both play for Scotland, and it's not to that standard. But like I say, I don't think either of them were bad. I thought actually McGregor was a little bit bad in the first half, but mm, he improved, improved after yeah. the break. But they, they still seems to be for whatever reason pull on that dark blue with that dark blue Ross County kit, and they just kind of regress. It's I think it's the only one that doesn't seem to do it. I think it's an easy thing for McGregor and Jack uh, to kind of say that they they, they don't. Step up for Scotland. I think there's. Well, I don't think I'm not. I'm not necessarily blaming them. Yeah, yeah. So I, I know, uh, but in, in terms of saying Jack doesn't step up for Scotland, I think he's, that was his debut, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah yes, yeah. but no, uh, uh, I guess his first day playing first, in the midfield. First, first start okay. or something. Like he played. He started in right back. Of course, uh, right, yeah. in And I the, think he played in another game at Hamden, but I think he came on. The uh, so you look, look at them and think, oh, they, they don't do what they do for Rangers and Celtic, but then you have to take into account the the shape of the team around them, the players mm-hmm. around them. I had an issue, a big issue with the defence. It was far too deep. The the amount of space that Cyprus were getting between the lines. So you had, you kind of had, um, obviously McGinn was the most advanced of the midfielders. And then you had, I think Jack was just slightly deeper McGregor. It was just a bit I mean, disjointed in the midfield. And, but I think that was made to look worse by the, by the standard of the defence, oh, sorry, the position of the defence. I do wonder as well whether... <clears throat> I think someday, I never read the article, but I kind of, even by just by reading the headline, I kind of thought what they were getting at was an article in The Athletic saying Stephen, Steve Clark is the right manager for Scotland at the wrong time. And I just wonder whether the players, I wonder whether he is the man that can get the best at somebody like, <clears throat> like McGregor or like Jack at a national level. These guys who will play well when Scotland are looking to, to dominate the ball as much. And Clark's success at Kilmarnock well, he had a very good midfield pair and power and Dicker. They were about wasn't, winning the ball. Yeah, back. it wasn't really about about kind of keeping possession and controlling the game. And it just had my doubts seeing Jack playing so well for Rangers, going to that Scotland team, not looking quite as effective. I thinking, does he have quite the right players, or would Steve Clark have been a, a great manager for Scotland in the Craig Brown days? Yeah, when you had a lot more kind of rough and ready guys rather than this current team, which are as we've said quite a lot, a little bit soft. Even but. Good. Probably more talented. Even go back as uh, don't have to go as, as far back as Brown McLeish and uh, Smith, where it was a bit more um, not agricultural, but it was a bit more yeah, compact. Agricultural, yes, it was. That's absolutely. I used to play with McCulloch. a bloody treat, to be fair. So I'm not against it, but it, it, it was it was agricultural. Yes, I don't retract that. Put it back on the table. <laughs> Maybe he just needs to. We need to get Greg Doherty to move, and he'd be absolutely perfect in a state club. <laughs> he might be <laughs> bamming about the place. I'm actually surprised he doesn't play Armstrong more, but I, I suppose if he's he doesn't do as much on the defensive side. He just kind of breaks the lines. But I'll, I think somebody who breaks the lines and is a bit more kind of vertical would suit Clark a bit better. But he doesn't seem to like Armstrong that much. Mm. He's not. We've barely started him. If he has at all, I think a way to Belgium maybe is the only time he started yeah. Defence. Oh. What did uh, so <laughs> Scott McKenna? <laughs> oh. I thought the defence overall didn't. To be fair, I think it looked better after the break. A little bit shaky the last ten minutes, but the first half, I don't think the defence looked good at all. 
and they actually were, I think, quite lucky to keep a clean sheet in that half. And yes, but overall, I don't know if it was necessarily just the fault of the back four or just Scotland being a little bit open and, and not quite being just organised enough defensively to, to defend well as a whole team. But yeah, you're right to pick out Scott McKenna. As we've already mentioned, he was he was re- really bad. The it was just just basics that's really let him down. You mean you see for the the first goal in very commas that we'll come on to whether it was a cross line or not, but just his body position, he goes to block and he just sells himself so yeah. far too easy. There was a booking that led to the actual uh, the actual equaliser where he just. It just makes a challenge that you just know you're never going to get away, get away with on the international scene. And this is this is a player who has played in, in terms of international football. He's played, Scotland, and he's played, and and he's played in Europe for, yeah. for Aberdeen. And, um, since he's come back from injury, is he now just going to play for Aberdeen? He doesn't want to. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't want to. And yeah. is, is he maybe missed the boat now? Because I don't know, people aren't raving about him anymore. That five billion is not coming from anyone. It was even um, more than that, though. Yeah. Eight million or something. Eight million. Um, and for, for a guy that's um, that's certainly not coming. Yeah, yeah, and he's 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 a stopper. He's a stopper style centre half. Um, and I just if he starts not getting his positions right, and like you're saying, um, getting his body shape wrong, that's sort of things that should be coming naturally to a guy that's a that's a stopper. Yeah. He's t- talking about his future. It is an interesting one because I can imagine that Aberdeen and McInnes will be too stubborn to. Accepted offer of like three million in January. I think he could still go for three million now. He's still, a, still a Scotland centre half. Still a lot of potential there, but there's no danger they're getting what they previously wanted. And I wonder whether somebody comes in with an offer of three and they're they're just too proud to accept it. I'd but then you've got an unhappy player who isn't going to get any better. So you're not going to make any. And a stadium that needs built <laughs> costs money. Yeah. I'd, I'd be astounded. And Dave Corbach will uh, cover that. <laughs> I'd be astounded if they got three million from. I think they still would. I think that's historically kind of he's, he's got a bigger name than I think a lot of Scotland set halves in the back in the past. And you, you have guys like Berra when he was first at Hearts. So I think he went for two. Suter would probably go for about two and a bit three, something like that. Austin McPhee was telling like three point seven five or some, mm, something like don't that. Don't know about that. Mental for somebody who misses four months every season through injury. I'm not sure that's going to happen. How did you feel Gallagher got? Um, I thought Gallagher was all right. Yeah, decent he's enough. Of the two, and that's. Bad for for McKenna because it's a guy who's uh, really only came on at the scene really in the last sort of eighteen months, uh, and that was his first real start in a proper game for Scotland. And he looked like much more at home than, than McKenna for the goal. I think he got him for the goal that we actually conceded. I think Gallagher got himself caught under it a bit. I don't want to be too too critical. Yeah, he probably uh, should have tried to head it out for a corner, corner rather than like, head it like, back. So, like like that. Yeah, but he's put. It, but I think that was just a really poorly defended set piece. Yeah, I wasn't sure who was supposed to be marking him, but the boy was all alone. I mean, it was a great strike. Yeah, it was absolutely a main strike, but, but time to stand, measure it. The, com- the commentators made it seem like we could do nothing to prevent it. I mean, the well, guy was all alone. Everything's all, all, everyone's yeah. all over at one side, and he's just got time to rarely get to do that inside that yeah. penalty box. I mean, up, he, even if he kick. didn't do that, he could have taken it down and, and tried to shoot mm. for there, and that's, that's not good defending. It was a peach. It was a strike. Good. But was it better than Christie's? Um, yes. you know, very, they're, they're, they're all very different skills is a, I think you always look at a volley being better yeah. because it's such a difficult skill to especially a volley on the turn like that and he has to put the slice on it to go in the top corner uh, Christie's was great though because um, he just drove it in right, tell for said it in the chat it was a proper FIFA yeah L2 oh. and square oh. yeah. <laughs> and it just, I don't know that reference it's uh, a prepper it's a he's, um, finish, finish shot okay. he's such um, a confident player now to do that he just picks up the ball drives and looks, looks up and pings it around the top corner with the instep that's it looks like one you see players do if you go if you go early to a game and you're watching them do their shooting warm up or uh, you see like clips from tr- someone puts up a clip from training and it's like just yeah. one of those where it doesn't seem like it's like no one else is on the pitch yeah Chrissy just does it but I love the build up just the way that uh, it was how did it go again? Was it Jack fired in Jack McGinn, yeah, yeah. McGinn on the turn? I think that's some stuff like that is how Scotland should play in terms of playing really quick. I think Craig, Craig Anderson said it, and I think he maybe tweeted it, and I thought it was a really good point. He was like, that was um, sort of the main attribute of every player uh, coming through in a move. Mm-hmm. So Jack sort of playing a probing pass, punching, 
uh, and then McGinn using his body to turn well, and then Christie just curling a shot into the top corner, which is a pretty good attribute, just to, <laughs> if we're talking that as a good one, uh, into the top I corner. I think um, his attribute being the kind of match winner, something yeah. you can make a proper difference around the final uh, third. I know McGinn can do that as well, and did it later on, mm. but uh, yeah, that's kind of Christie's main skill right now. I also thought he was, it, it, just as he always is, really good on the defensive side, interceptions, yeah. closing down. Always good at that. The, it's, it's an incredible rise. I was just thinking there, it's been a year since he came, a year and a month since he came on in the League Cup semi final against Hearts, and I was like, good, he's shite. <laughs> it's, it's been quite. I think his, his Celtic trajectory has followed similar to Stuart Armstrong. Yeah. Stuart Armstrong came, out, came on in a semi final. But he's kicked on the next year even more, whereas Armstrong kind of regressed a little bit. Armstrong's yeah. never quite been as good as that first year where he. Like exploded itself. Yeah. No, I think they're. I think they're two. They've got similar attributes, but they're two different players. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. And you see, you see, Christie's operating at a, a different level. Moving forward, striker. So I thought Naismith was rubbish. Oh, did you? I actually thought Naismith played okay. I um, thought. He, uh, I think I'm, 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 I'm with Fowler there. I thought Naismith looked like. Better than McBurney. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's the thing. It's like people be people compare him to what Scotland have had up front recently, but it's been dross up front recently. Yeah. Whereas just watching him, the what stood out because I had to go back to find out where when he got injured, and in the lead up to that, there's two really poor touches. Right, and then I started watching the game from uh, to begin with, and his his touch was really really poor. Right, I was just impressed with the fact that he managed to. Managed to hold the ball up well at times, but in terms of winning fills, I think he won about three or four. Yeah, early awesome. on. Yeah. yeah, and that's good because that relieves pressure, gets Scotland up the park, and it's better than McBurney. <laughs> and I was, and I was, um, as I said, I was hung over watching it, so I was drifting in it, and the commentators were waxing lyrical about Naismith at every period. So I think maybe just, I'm drifting in it. Well, he must be good. Uh, he must be doing well. Well done, Naismith. I don't, I don't think he was. I don't think he was brilliant. I thought I don't think he was. Brilliant. He he occupies defenders a lot better than yeah. McBurney does. Oh, okay. or I mean, it was, it was incredible the difference. I thought the difference when McBurney came on. The ball was no not sticking. sticking whatsoever. Yeah. I, I, like I was on. What the, is he doing? I was <laughs> on the. I was on the defend McBurney role as what I've been because I actually thought uh, he had similar. He's quite a similar striker to maybe Stephen Fletcher, who I know will probably come on to later when we're talking about this Israel game. Um, because he always wanted to make the touches, he always wanted to make the flicks. And I know we've spoken about before that he never wants, he never seemed to ever want to hold the ball up. I think Stephen Fletcher was like that a lot. He always wanted to make quick, nice flicks without Sadie's boot and then turn. But now the more I'm watching McBurney, he's really not bringing anything to the party. And I thought there was, but there has to be a player there. There has to be. You don't get <laughs> to the. I mean, are we talking like so? I mean, without watching them during that season, but twenty-two goals for a team in the English Championship would say that you have to be some sort of talent. It's like watching the last was it the last maybe fifteen minutes when McBurney and Burke were on the pitch. It was work, it was watching like some kind of experiment mm. of. I, I'm not sure what the crapness. experiment was. An experiment in crapness. I would I would get rid of Burke before McBurney though. I think there's more to work with Burke I think I, I don't understand his career and what people have been watching as I, I think we've said it well, all he does is run vertically he just runs straight he just wants to he needs to be super strong he needs to be he needs to get a star from Mario Kart and then just run through that's the only way that his style of play is going to work I think teams have seen him bottom seen his like physical attributes and like right if we can mould a player there then they've tried Fucking to more than 13 million in that. I think we can fill he runs quick <laughs> He runs hard, and then they've 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 tried. They've got him on the training ground. I think he's he, he can he just runs and straight. So even he can't he can't go round the def, like he can't just like nip past a defender. Mm. He has to kind of go like he's uh, running around a corner. Mm. Yeah, it's just it's so it's technically wise. He's such a it's like football. he's like um, he's probably set for life. You see, oh, of course I do. It's, it's movement. It's like it's, it's like playing snake. <laughs> I downloaded Snake recently on my phone. Snake two or a lot of, no Snake. He would need it. to be Snake two, so he's going to just go through the go through the barriers. Sort of <laughs> <the snake>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't catch any bits of Snake one. Constantly creating the side. Game over. No points. Anything else from? So no. Round up by how? We talk about the winning goal. Oh yeah, of course. It was a pretty decent move. And then lovely balling for Greg Taylor, who I know another metric Greg Adams again took great joy in the fact that he put in a nice cross for an attacking goal for Scotland. 
And since people are always mentioning Greg Taylor's just his defensive attributes. Well, he's not, he's not a great attacker. Uh, I know, I know. He's got one fucking cross, Craig Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's good at it. He's, he's, good a, good. he's, a, he's a decent attacker on the oh. Scottish football level, yeah. I'd say. Uh, international level. And now international, I would, eh? I would, <laughs> international level, I would think he would be that brilliant. But yeah, it's good. And I think there is stuff to work with. I don't think Greg Taylor is going to be somebody who... Goes, well, he could be somebody who goes through his entire career and it doesn't really improve in the attacking end, but I think there's enough to work with there that he can get better and could be a, a really good kind of all-rounded fullback. It's, it's a great ball. But he's not, gonna, as we said, he's not going to game for Celtic right now. Yeah, Johnny yeah. Hayes is ahead of him because Johnny Hayes is better going forward. Yeah. Johnny Hayes is not good. Okay, okay well, it, was only, it was only a quick like sliding to Craig Aronson. I didn't mean to nearly make you explode. <laughs> it, was, it was a great ball in and it was a really neat finish for John McGinn because it skips up in front of him and then he yeah. gets his body shape really good and then just... Pops into the bottom corner, and now he can't stop scoring for Scotland. Good, which is really good news. Can we just play him up front? Well, I think right, we guys have spoke about before that Ryan Christie could be. So like, say false nine. I'm interested by that because um, often I would say no. There's no point in playing somebody at their best position to play them somewhere else where they'll not be as effective because you're losing, especially Christie, arguably our best player at the moment. But I wonder whether he could actually do a job at the. The top of the attack so he, I think he can play with his back to goal he's got the most confidence the fact he's pressing he'd be really good at leading the line doing that and if he ever intercepts anything as a lone striker I mean fuck we're already in basically. and you've got oh. the, and you imagine he's pressing and you've got McGinn doing the second presser yeah. um, I mean, it could I think there's something to be maybe looked at when Spain won the Euro 2012 12. they played Cesc Fabregas but they, they didn't play him as a false false nine they just played him as a striker yeah you could, you could, you could see Christy, Christy doing that, but I think you need. And then we win the Euros next year. Right? <laughs> copying Spain, Steve Clark, and just copying Spain. Uh, yeah, <laughs> do whatever he does. You, do could have, you could have the runners going beyond. You've got Forrest, who is his goal scoring's when uh, it's unreal, really. Now, I mean, again, it's in Scottish football terms. He, but he started scores. Prim. I know he had a little period this week, this year where he never scored in four games, but I feel like every time I look up, James Forrest has scored a goal. And through my fantasy football, he seems to be scoring all the time. Um, and then you've got Ryan Fraser, who even he doesn't, him. doesn't want to play for Scotland. Fuck Ryan Fraser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's always had ideas above his station, but he always seems to be right. <laughs> now he's going to end up play, playing for Brazil. So. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to find some sort of loophole. Yeah. Unless they're going to win the World Cup. <laughs> um, so I definitely think there's something in it. And uh, the, with the pressing side of the game, uh, and I think... We always talk about uh, Joe. I know you agreed. Me and you have spoken about this before about how we want Scotland to play that up and at them mm-hmm. style. And maybe if you play Christie with McGinn in behind them, you would really get that bit from, and we maybe win the ball back in areas that are much better. And then you've got the pace of Forrest coming in off the flank. My, my, my own thing is like this. I wonder if I was being too harsh on Naismith earlier on, but you you made very good points. The fact he did compared to McBurney relieve a lot of pressure on, on, on Scotland and win a lot of free kicks it was, it was mental the difference like one of them is a 33 year old heart striker the other one is a 20 million pound Premier League striker and you can you would not have been able to tell which one just a 33 year old striker who can barely move now most of the year injured he's quite a unique one I was saying we were talking about I think on another chat further that um like Naismith sort of like reverse of other players I think he plays for heart because he wants to play for Scotland yeah. I think that's the reason. I think he, Bob said that. Uh, yeah, I think he always wants because he really wants to play for Scotland. That's because that's the best he can level he can get to now because of his injury proneness. He probably can't play down yeah. south. I think the Hearts fans are saying like, why he shouldn't have gone? Hearts shouldn't have let him go. Two but reasons, the thing yeah. is, is that, that he must have said when he signed like, um, yeah, he would be like, no, I, I am buying every Scotland squad. I am not. I am playing. Yeah. I'm not staying to be coached by John Daly. <laughs> <laughs> And that's completely fair, and that's an angle that Scotland can make in sort of clubs in Scotland can use on with certain players in the future. Hopefully, ones that don't get into quite as much as Stephen yeah. Smith. Did could you read too? Could you read much into the game going forward? Not even just looking at tomorrow's game with Kazakhstan, but looking ahead to the the playoffs in March. Because uh, no, there was yes, a, yes and no. I think there was incremental improvements there was a lot I'm still concerned by as I've kind of gone over but if they take that victory go to Kazakhstan and give them a, a comfortable beating I think that may raise a bit of confidence and then you can see them playing better and have a bit of momentum going into those games and for us to go away to that I think a what contract they're obliged to say awkward place to go yeah. or so um, I mean if with, with a sort of threadbare defence uh, not a full squad and to, for, us, for us to win there is something good in that yeah 
and the fact that there's guys like Christie, McGinn, and Forrest are starting to like look like they might not not winning. Up, yeah. Not winning would have been quite quite bad. Yes, we do need some sort of momentum. some of these games. players. Some of these players maybe performing for Scotland maybe on a regular basis like McGinn I'm really pleased that finally he's getting some sort of form because we need some of them to become players that you can hang your hat on and then everyone else can maybe f- and then everyone else if they play well sometimes I mean, even win games <laughs> <laughs> finally the star of the show I thought the referee oh, oh he fuck was... I forgot that he was absolutely <laughs> awful Every... so bad I don't know a lot what... of it was in our favour <laughs> I like, yesterday I was like have they changed the rules as what kind of what, what's a corner because there's so many corners I was thinking that wasn't a corner <laughs> it was so bad so bad at every every facet of being a referee he was bad at because he got uppity with the with was it Christie or McGregor McGregor yeah, we kicked the ball yeah he got uppity with that so he was being uppity with I someone did, and I, I did think that he I knew exactly what he was McGregor doing. knew what he was doing <laughs> it's, a, it's a very I mean I think most refs would just say like did he do that yeah. but I, I didn't think that was his worst decision I think Connor McGregor could easily play that out for uh, a just to the side mm. there's only one reason he's played it towards a guy to try and kind of put him off and he did we I mean, still don't know if it was a goal there was no angle that was given to me. No, there was no conclusion. Because nah. even though you see, because I think you get this a lot of times with fans and commentators as well, because both uh, Crocker and Proven thought it was on. You see the base of the ball was over the line, and it was. But the base of the ball isn't the diameter of the ball. And you can't tell whether, like, a tiniest little have centimetre you, is over the have line. Have you ever seen that tweet where, I guess, basically someone's in the house and they've put, they put a ball over, like, just the... The head, like bottom of the door, where like the two carpets separate, so you've got that, like in that that line, mm. and so he, like films it from an angle. It's like oh, that's, that's over the line, and then just walks over it, and it just doesn't look. Like, yeah, no, that's that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, because I think in that instance, the referees, the officials can't be sure. I think as well. So I think I'm it's most, right not to get. Yeah, yeah, I think as I say, all the technology that comes in goal line technology is the best because it's so simple, and when it beeps, I know it's not simple, and it might cost a lot of money to get, but. That one's sort of helpful. And use it in right, we're not going to pull in technology yet. Thankfully, well, hopefully VAR will be a while away for qualifiers. I'm, hope, I'm hoping, I'd like Scottish football to get goal in technology. Yeah, I think that would be it was interesting that before we, we'll move on shortly, because uh, this has been time. a lot longer than I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> five minutes. Uh, well, we the, maybe just bump the Israel game because I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Craig, Craig Anderson. Basically just about this team playing last year <laughs> saying the same things about so them what Tony's talking about is that the next on our list of most memorable Scotland matches is the game from last year yeah. and shame on you for voting this out yeah, yeah, yeah. Scotland 3 Israel 2 from last year Nations League Nations League even though well, I mean it, as it, was maybe, it was maybe voted on by all of James Forrest's family I don't know if you were like, maybe James Forrest's family and after watching the highlights back maybe Ian Crocker because he's going bugsy during that whole game <laughs> and I mean on a, that could actually happen what we'd win the Nations League small <laughs> tiny Nations League group and go on to the next it's really unbeal honestly he actually says that this could actually happen like wow uh, I, like, I like Crocker sometimes because it is fun and he does go a bit mad sometimes which is well, I'm a fan of and I come to it to be honest but uh, yeah I just found that one was a, a bit weird I mean this is this is disingenuous Ian Crocker <laughs> <laughs> and Forrest he's not going to score again yeah, is he yeah, yeah, yeah. James Forrest for fuck's sake I know he's not scored a lot for Scotland but everyone watching has seen James Forrest score a half full of goals in his career yeah I can't, he's done it <laughs> Play, at least he's trying to make it sort of fun right, and exciting. Sure, right. We'd like, always born if it was sort of English and culture. David Proven and uh, I don't know, 25,000 fans or something happened. Yeah, so at least he's given it a, given it a good go. As well. Like him, Sutton and all that, at least they're trying. Yes. They're always trying. They've, they've, they've tried and fly the flag as much as they can. Um, so are we talking about it just now? Guys, we may as well. Just give it a couple of minutes. Right, aye, aye. So, what is this number 46? This is number 46 in the top 50 most memorable Scotland games. Yes. Scotland 3, Israel 2, 20th November 2018. So, actually, well, two days away from a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> happy, anim- happy anniversary, everyone. Where but, were you? Where, where, where were you when this happened? You look at it, and the fact that it's, it's proved to be, a, again, another crucial game. It was a crucial, crucial game. game. And it, Twenty one thousand two hundred eighty one. It might be twenty one thousand. Fucking hell! It might be even more memorable if we actually do go on to qualify for the Euros as well, because that was yeah. uh, that was a game that clinched it. Because we didn't didn't win that game, we didn't win the group. 
McLeish would be gone sooner. Every cloud. Um, but this is weird. This is both. I wrote down. This is both the high mark of McLeish's tenure, and it also underlined why he was not cut out to be Scotland national team because Israel are not a good side, and that should not have been as difficult as it was. We needed an amazing save from Alan McGregor in the last minute to not mm. draw and to not throw away a two-goal lead with like ten minutes to go. And I thought the first opening goal. I thought we, like, we should have shut them down, and it's a good strike. But I think McGregor's in a bad, is in a bad position. He's ah, like he at the edge of his six yard, <clears> a think. wee bit too much off his line. Yeah, and it makes it like possible because the ball does drop actually into the bottom corner uh, of the net. So, but I think I'm being pretty harsh on Al McGregor. Ah, you, no, you're probably right. But we did need him in the end at the end of the game. Probably Forrest Peak as a Scotland player, you have to say, because he scored he scored the last two goals in the game against Albania, which was directly before this, where Scotland won 4-0. And then he scored a hat trick, so he actually scored five Scotland goals. Was it not the week week before that he scored like four or five for Celtic against St Johnston? Uh, I think that was a little bit earlier in the season. Oh right, okay. That I thought about, that was all. I, I think that was October. No, maybe. I think that was October time, so it was only maybe a month before. Yeah, maybe he ended up scoring like twelve or thirteen <coughs> goals in like the space of like a month. So. I was trying to find some interesting things. The the guy who scored Israel second, Iran Jihavi, found out a little couple of things about him. Mm -hmm. Were kind of interesting. Played in China, doesn't he? He does play in China, but he he got his move to China after just scoring shitloads in the Israeli league for Maccabi Tel Aviv. He broke the record for scoring in consecutive appearances with, get this, 18 games in a row. Wow. That's very impressive. That's kicking around the Jamie Vardy's. Uh, and at the conclusion of the 2015-16 season, he broke the single-season scoring record in the Israeli <coughs> top flight, which had stood for almost six decades. He scored 35 goals in 36 games, and uh, 49 and 56 in all competitions. Uh, and uh, now he's with a Chinese team who will not uh, attempt to pronounce, and he's still banging them in. They've called him the king. Good name. Uh, the only other thing I had is uh, I don't know if there's another game we, should, we could do this about in the, the top 50 list uh, but Stephen Fletcher's fallout with Craig Levine just because Fletcher was playing yeah. I don't know if there's another time we could talk about Stephen Fletcher I was saying, <clears throat> I was watching the highlights with Stephen Fletcher there and I was I was on there thinking that maybe he'd still be our best option as a striker <laughs> probably because <laughs> he's doing alright down south eh? he plays every week in the championship is it Sheffield Wednesday, Wednesday yeah. right? and like he is and with the players that we, in that game, he's involved in all the goals. And I, Christie's involved. Christie, Fletcher, and Forrest all link up pretty well for the goals. You're like, well, that would maybe be better than McBurney or a Permacrockney Smith. Or... <laughs> right, so Fletcher, so remember, we all remember the time where our best striker didn't want to play for us. Imagine that happened now, the outcry, because it's in the health of options we've got. Uh, he, it's basically what Ryan Fraser's doing, except he's just not being as vocal about it. <laughs> he's also not any good uh, for Scotland. Uh, the, uh, the news came out in February 2011 uh, after Craig, manager Craig Levine uh, tried to pick Fletcher for a game against Northern Ireland. He was selected, but Fletcher sent a message to Frank Riley, a Scottish football official, telling him uh, to let Levine know he didn't want to be picked and he could phone him if he wanted to. Levine didn't even, didn't even bother phoning him. <laughs> like phoning sick for work. Yeah. You know, through, through text. Through a pal. You can phone uh, Tell the boss I'm not coming in. I've done that for my pal once. I'll not obviously name names, but I've done that for a friend once after I filled it out, went back, and I pretended to be him on a phone phoning a, a well known supermarket. <laughs> and they, they asked me a question Oh, do you, does so and so have the keys? And I just had to guess. Yes. <laughs> Uh, this is like he was maybe on the like open shift, uh, and uh, he was uh, horrifically drunk, and I couldn't wake him up. And I just got his phone and done it. What? A and, then, and then we had, and then we put a sign on his door telling him that uh, when he when he was going to wake up, I knew he wasn't going to wake up at the time because he went to bed half an hour before it was meant to start. And just put a list up saying, "We phoned the sick for you. Do not go into work. Do not phone. Don't do anything. It's all fine." And we go. See, Fletcher needed me. He needed me to help him out. <laughs> he did have you. Uh, so instead of that, he was out of the team for like 18 months. Uh, and Levine said he didn't want to pick anybody who did, uh, didn't want to play for Scotland. Uh, and he doubled down in May 2012, saying I won't consider him for any matches. Until now, the door has been open, but 15 months is a long time. This is a natural cut-off point. I don't want the distraction going into the next campaign. Uh, the next campaign started with a 0-0 draw at home to Serbia, followed by a 1-1 draw, which we were lucky to get, by the way, at home to Macedonia. So Levine was already under massive pressure. And prior to those matches, he again said, uh, I'm not going to pick him, he doesn't want to play for Scotland, so I'm not going to try to select him. Next, uh, international break, Fletcher was back in the team. Yeah. 
Levine Levine's head was firmly on the chopping block by this point and uh, funnily enough Fletcher he made the phone call to Fletcher Levine even mighted himself it goes back to the original situation I look back on it and I regret that at the minute of time I didn't do something about it that was the time to tackle it the boy is probably just as stubborn as me don't know if anybody's as stubborn no, as me no one is stubborn <laughs> uh, Fletcher then played and uh, played well and Scotland played fairly well uh, in the next game against Wales but unfortunately they couldn't capitalise on He's, a 1-0 lead he scored he scored it was offside long, got, no it was ruled out for going out of play and coming back in but it didn't yeah, and it was a good goal yeah that would have put Scotland 2-0 up that, Scotland probably would have won the game Levine probably would have stayed in the job at least here we go sliding would, doors sliding doors we're in would Craig Levine been Scotland's greatest ever manager if he wasn't so stubborn I'm just going to leave that out there carry on <laughs> <laughs> no because he was rubbish <laughs> uh, yeah and Levine only lasted one more game after that so I mean, every, again, every cloud and all that. I'm sure I voted for the Scotland Liechtenstein game where he ran onto the pitch uh, when Stephen McManus Mc scored the 96 yeah, yeah. minute winner. Yeah, that, uh, might, that might be on the list. I voted for that as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's on the list. Maybe top 10. Because <laughs> it was so bad about how mental everyone went when he scored, when we scored a last minute winner against Liechtenstein. The place got absolutely shot mental. Just so good. But but it was, equ- it was equivalent of Rangers fans going on the pitch at Park yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the manager version of that right I've, yeah I've got, I've got one thing oh, uh, yeah. oh. yes I was looking at the team lines and one name stood out it's the Israeli boy Nacho he became the first Muslim player to captain Israel alright it wasn't in this specific game that would be nice but it was uh, in a frame like a couple of years before yeah nice breaking down barriers <laughs> But they, with Joel's kid so like, <laughs> <laughs> you're hosting a show <laughs> Big Damn Barriers with Joel Sked on BBC News <laughs> you know that BBC 24 News thing that you always watch when you're on holiday that's on at like 4 in the morning that's kind of show that you'll be doing uh, just the, the, the show game in, uh, in general I think I would break down barriers because it would make everyone feel so uncomfortable and so awkward that they would just they would just have to speak to each other yeah. <laughs> that's how you say Israel and Palestine just put Joel in like, hi how are you <laughs> don't worry about it do you want to come for a drink I, I'll just start uh, a monologue and they'll be like fuck we can't deal with this let's just speak yeah Right, you can solve racism in America. <laughs> Nobody's that boring. Um, are we moving on? Yes. You got anything else to add? No, not really. That Israel have got just got a decent squad. Uh, but um, I was looking at some of the players. Yeah. So not enough interesting things going on, but no. there were some decent players. No sex scandals. The, I've got a USP and I'm sticking with it. All right. One thing I will say is if you are wanting to find out more about Israeli football or just the complexities within Israel there's a great documentary on Baitar Jerusalem alright it was I think it's still it might be on YouTube it was on BBC I think or Channel 4 and it looks at this um, uh, team in the top flight who don't allow who didn't allow Muslim players or their fans didn't want Muslim players they signed two from a Russian team and they um all hell broke, lo- bro- broke loose anyway and it was, it's quite an eye-opening documentary we thoroughly recommend it I couldn't imagine the Muslim players were too popular in Russia either they came from I can't remember the region in Russia but it was popular with Muslims oh, right. and you can say things but they've got only in Israel <laughs> before we start any kind of top 10 players have never played for Scotland <laughs> so are we, are we doing a, we're doing a team army yeah, yeah. We're uh, so we're choosing eleven. So we're choosing eleven. He's in a team, man. Yeah. <laughs> just, I'm sure you said top ten. You didn't say ten. Oh, sorry. <laughs> just wanted to clarify top for the listeners. Yeah, for the decade. So we're choosing a team of players from the last ten years. Yes. Who've been uncapped well, by this decade. This decade, yeah. So last ten years, and it's. Uh, uh, well, I think you'll find it's uh, nine years and eleven months. Okay. So. <laughs> I apologise. Since 2010, the players, have been, <laughs> the players have been uncapped, and we're going to choose the best 11. I'm not going to, well, I'm going to be deciding vote. Yeah. So Craig and Tony have come up with a, a team. I think Tony's chosen a few subs as well. I've got 16 players. That's why he's <laughs> named, real, named real problem with numbers. So, yeah, I just started r- rattling down people because it was quite a tough, tough thing to do. Let's, let's kick off with Sermit. Uh, oh. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Who's your goalkeeper? 
Jane McDonough. Slowly one I could get. I was thinking of, like Cammy Bell, or you played for Scotland. There are many people that have played for Scotland. I don't think Cammy Bell's built Jane McDonough either. either. Um, no. no. So there was just a lot of crap. He didn't go for Xander Clark, no? No. Uh, Xander Clark's not been good recently, so. And plus it annoys St Johnson fans. So yeah. um, Jay McDonald's the one that we've got. Almost worth a Sander Clark th- exclusion. I don't know, I think Jamie McDonald's pretty pretty average. How dare you? Hope he doesn't listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, that podcast appeared on recently. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, right back. back. I don't give a fuck. I'm going for David Gray. I've got Dave Mackay. Nah, it's definitely going to be Dave Mackay. Oh. <laughs> Dave Mackay, uh, similar to David Gray, Scottish Cup hero. Dave Mackay, just for me, a longer resume in the, the top flight. I'm sure he was. And Scottish football in general. I'm sure he was. <laughs> Kicking around near the, um, near the what? Like near the international fold. I don't know. Did, did he get a B cap? But uh, yes, I yeah, uh, I think I think that's a good point with Dave McKay's that uh, from Livingston. That was Livingston. That was uh, fucking hell. That was mid two thousands. But St Johnson, he was just uh, such a stalwart, such a, a steady Eddie. David Gray. Let me let, name your centre backs and I'll say why David Gray oh. doesn't deserve to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have to Google the final, I guess. Uh, but Dave McKay as well, I, I, I was, I, in all honesty, I probably would have put him in, but I'm just, I'm trying to be on brand. But Centre half. Dave McKay, just the free kicks as well. Oh, he did. Yeah, the sexy, free sexy free kick. Goal. David Gray, 33 games in the Scottish top flight. Right. See, it's not enough. Um, what happened? On the, I think he's were talking about it uh, on a TV show that he's on. He's, he's, he's beat another championship team. Well done. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for another St. Johnson stalwart. I've got this guy, uh, Stephen Anderson. I've got Stephen Anderson. Stephen Anderson. Still kicking about to this day. Yeah, I'm going to give him a Scotland captain out. But, uh, this could yeah. have just been a St Johnson team. But, but that's what we were talking about earlier. You really could for that team that won the Scottish Cup. Yeah, I've got. I've got four St Johnson players in my team. Fucking hell. I've got my... Team would be shit. I went for... <laughs> other centre half is Liam Lindsay. Okay, I've that's got, good. I've got some Craig Halkett. Not a lot Not a lot of evidence in the top flight, only one season and a bit. Yeah. Uh, but he was very good. I thought he was excellent last season for Livingston. And I, don't, I didn't quite think that the likes of McGregor or Hanlon, who were kind of next in line, have had a season quite that good in the top flight. But McGregor, McGregor was on my list. He's on my bench, maybe like... I would have picked Hanlon otherwise. He's picked in a squad, eh, and he's not. I think so, yeah. Because, but the problem is, is that he's made, he's regret, he, he hit a peak, and he's yeah. already regressed from there, which is unfortunate. But I went Liam Lindsay because he's um, got a modern player. He's big. He's strong. He was a very good decision maker. You can also see how important he was to that Thistle team yeah. Yeah. when he left. The defence absolutely felt a bit. And he was, he was, uh, from what all accounts, he was really as good at Barnsley as well, and he got his move to Stoke. Although that's where the problems are starting to happen, because I don't know how he's performing, but I know Stoke, and with very little knowledge that I have of down south in the Championship, have been horrendous and they've been leaking goals. I think, yeah, he's, so. he's, I think he's played in the. Uh, he's, he started over half of the games this season. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was talk of Serie A clubs, wasn't there? Um, yeah, he was, he was touted around there. Uh, I, 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 think, think he's a, I think he's a good player, and I, th- I think he probably could feel hard done by not getting. Uh, involved mm-hmm. in Scotland when you've got guys like Gallagher and that all kicking about and Hanlon's been in squads so very very hard on back I think Liam Lindsay's the choice because again Craig Halkett won full season premiership yeah. level I've not been overly impressed with him at hearts and you look at Liam Lindsay who has been very close I'm, I'm guessing he must have been very close to a call up uh, call up and he's I think when you're looking at that team if he balances very nicely with Anderson mm-hmm. left back I've gone for big AC Andrew Constantine This is the reason why we've done this in the first place <laughs> <laughs> no, no Oh, uh, Poor Andy he doesn't even get in this hypothetical team in his strongest position Yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's not an indictment of uh, Andrew Constantine it was more the lack of left backs This is the reason though why he's probably never you know reached his full potential is that his versatility I've mentioned this before, he shows versatility has maybe worked against him mm-hmm. in his career because he's probably a better centre half than he is a left back but he's never because he can play left back, he always seems to get pushed out there. Pushed out there, yeah, yeah. And he's been much better than Scott McKenna this season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What formation have you went for, by the way? Yeah, four two three one. I've also gone for a false nine. I've got oh, a four two three. Four was a I've got a four three one, and I've got I've got a striker. Okay. Right, first centre mid. Uh, right, so I've got Keith Lasley. Keith Lasley has a 
Beauty. <laughs> I can you're jealous. I am. I'm annoyed. That's a beauty, right? You then. Because uh, <laughs> I was like, I was starting to get, you know, I, I, we, we there's were talking. There's, sorry, just, there's your, uh, there's your Harrier. There's your Battler. There's yeah, your, yeah. there's uh, your kicking people. Because I've got Greg Dockery. Mm. That's mine. Okay. Um, Harrier kicking people maybe, maybe make a combination oh, yeah, especially, with, especially with the guys that I've got going forward they're going to need a lot of people who can ah, do yeah, that we're going to need a lot of um, protection because <laughs> I was like you, you can play this sort of feature in two ways you can be a bit more nostalgic guys that have been around for years mm-hmm. and you can also sort of the cheat codes was going for the young up and coming players so like guys like Alan Campbell Lewis Ferguson they could easily go in here, but I'm, in my opinion, it wasn't really in spirit. in the spirit of yeah, this yeah. feature for me because you can easily do a feature later about um, players who up and coming players to get a cap. You know what I mean? So I would think on yeah, Friday so showing on the twenty one game, no one's getting a cap anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with you because Campbell was my cheat for that one. So I'd much prefer to have Lasley in there. If that's that's obviously it's up to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah, just getting a folk like Campbell and, and Ferguson. Uh, my other pick is David Tumble. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a sandwich field of Greg Dockery. <laughs> See, Tumble to be stood out above the rest. Like Campbell, Ferguson, very good players, but Tumble last season was. You're probably like, surprised he didn't like get a wee generational talent yeah. kind of season. I've got him further forward. In, oh, have you? Got got him Not quite. I've got a very interchangeable. Okay. That's my that's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. Right, like, then, well, I'm, I'm curious. Let's who's your who's your who's your attacking trio? Uh, I've got Greg Stewart, Scott Allen, and David Turnbull all wanting to play centrally, all arguing with each other. I've got Scott Allen. I've yep. also got Greg Stewart, but I've got Greg Stewart up front. Oh, right. Greg Stewart has played up front before. Yeah, yeah. Right. played it for Kelly a couple of times. Good. Mm. He just, the other options, I'm sure Tori's got one on them, will be Christy Owen or Steve McLean. And I think just Steve McLean I thought of because he can he has played one up front in the past. Obviously not Steve McLean we're talking about now, but Johnson peak Steve McLean. But I just think Greg Stewart is a better all rounded player at his best. Talking about peaks. I think Greg Stewart is peaks. The other options best. options were probably like Jamie Walker or Danny Swanson. And there was maybe a bit for that so like me. I've got Danny Swanson left, but have you? Well there you go. because uh, Danny Swanson uh um, this he did have some good seasons yes. and he's had quite a so interesting career. Um but I think I wanted Stuart I think's better. I think Scott Allen has to be in there in terms of talent. And then um, and since we're if we're getting a cheater in there, I think the cheat that you would have, like what Further said, he's a once in a generation talent, maybe Tumble does deserve a possibly being injured, it's a bit easier to sneak him in there. Who's who's your wide players? Uh, Swanson and Michael O'Halloran. Oh, fucking hell. Fuck off. Michael Halloran. He's peaking St. John's for about 10 minutes. Who's your striker? My striker is Stephen Dobie. What's the rest of my... But the, my attack is, like, if you talk about Turbo playing ahead of Lasley, so Turbo, Allen, Swanson, Stewart. We need something to pace in this team. So it's Michael Halloran. So I'd, I'd, I'd consider swapping out uh, Jamie Walker for Danny Swanson. They're both kind of... Yeah. Nah, I don't want either of them in. <laughs> Two Edinburgh I'm gonna mess around with your teams, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Keith Lasley and David Turnbull in centre midfield. Okay, I think you've got Stephen Dobie in attack. Greg Stewart on the right. Completely forgot about Dobie. Good shot. Greg Stewart on the right. Yeah. Scott Allen in behind. Yeah. And Greg Docker, he's gonna do a job on the left hand side. He can run. He needs to provide a bit of balance because Why did he's making a diamond. And what about Greg Stewart and Lasley sitting, Turnbull and No Stewart on the left, Turnbull no, on no, the right. So Scott, Scott Stewart up front with Dobie. Yeah, Stewart up front with Dobie. Right. So who else? So you've got Lasley, Docker and Turnbull yep. in the middle. Allen in front of them. Lasley sitting. That works. That yeah, works. There we go. And who who are the fullbacks again? We've got Considine, um, Considine, Considine, Dave McKay. <laughs> Oh, Those boys are going to need protection. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. so basically, what we're saying is Constantine might that might work for Constantine though because we don't really want him getting forward too much. He does bomb. He does like to bomb, uh, but we don't really get But we don't want him to do that because we've got a very attack-minded uh, sort of five players. And then, no no, 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 no. But then you don't really need with when your strikers are Dobby and 
Stuart, yeah. Stuart you can have Stuart Forage and just give it to Dobby. Turn shoot. We could maybe go back and pick David Gray because he's more of a, a bomber. Yeah. But there we go. If, if we're doing tactics. <laughs> or was there anyone else who. There was any other right backs you could think of? They were the only two. Richard Tate. Richard Tate. Mm. No. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyone else? He's had a good, good premiership career. Tate, no. anyway. I'm, I'm just not for this. Has Ricky Foster ever been cut by Scotland? I'm not sure, but what one thing that one thing the team tells us is that we've exhausted a lot of avenues as a Scotland national team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, there's we, not a lot. We like, were finding it. I was finding it hard. I'm trying, trying this morning. Trying to find like Celtic or Rangers players like Greg Dockery, Andy Halliday, uh, but he's not going to get anywhere near this team. Nah, Foster three under twenty one caps. Right, so there's no big cap. Good pick, Foster. I'll give Greg Foster now. Yeah. Another St Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> But like Jack Hendry has three caps for Scotland. So when you play for Rangers and Celtic, chances are you're going to get capped. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of your ability, there is there's players you just you come across because I've been looking at players who could be moving this this uh, Premier uh, January window. Like ah, oh, he's still there. Jack Henry won. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Right. So yeah. that's what we've got. Jamie McDonald in goals, right back. We went for. I'm going for David Gray now. I'm changing my vote. Um, I've not changed mine, so David Gray still Well, just for the fact, just for the fact that this is somehow going to happen now, are we going David Gray? Um, we've got Constantine at left back. We've got a centre half pairing of Anderson and Lindsay. Anderson and Lindsay. Then we've got um, Keith Lasley, which is my favourite shout of this whole thing. If I'm being honest, and David Turn. No, we're playing a diamond. Yeah. Keith Lasley at the tip. Um, David Turnbull. Greg Doherty. Greg Doherty. Well, Greg Do- Doherty at the tip. No, no. No, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's a shot. He's a box shot. So we can have Dory, Dory on the left, uh, Turnbull on the right, and Allen up yeah. top, and then you've got Stewart and Stephen Dowie. Yes. There we go. That team's definitely losing the Cyprus. Absolutely. That's the bottom in the Nations League. When, when, you, when you look back at the people who've got B caps, that's very much a Scotland that's B, a, that's B, a B team, side. Mm-hmm. Bring them back. Bring them back. E. Crocker could get, like, Exciting! The B team have struck again. Greg Doherty bombing down the left hand side, lays it back, and Liam Lindsay up. It's chip the keepers. Philip Albert vibes. <laughs> My God, I didn't even know that was Gary uh, Gary Cocker. <laughs> Gary Cocker. <laughs> Ian Crocker six of the best for Scotland B (laughs) (laughs) on that note we'll bring it to an end thank you very much for listening you can find us on the usual channels Twitter Facebook Patreon yes loads of stuff going up Uh, not Instagram (laughs) say goodbye Craig goodbye say goodbye Tony goodbye and Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.